0: This is the official Caps Church podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Poly Cupcakes. What's up? Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode for you today. The Hockey Troll Hip Check is going to be talking about, you know, a lot of knee-jerk reactions that I've seen uh, revolving around the Washington Capitals and their future, and let's let's dive into it. Polly, what are you going to be talking about? Snack time with Polly Cupcakes.
1: Some of the big blah, 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 yeah words. Some of the big trophies have had their finalists announced. So, we we'll talk about that. Ooh, I can't wait. You know, and here's the thing about. The NHL
0: awards, they're all fucking bullshit, right? I mean, come on. Other than, like, Hart – or, I mean, the, the Art Ross, which is points, and then, you know, all of the, the stat-based ones, right? I mean, it's all hockey writers breaking their arms, jerking themselves off, right? Yeah. So, how much weight can you put in it? I don't know. I'm sure – and, you know, Carl was telling us uh, – Carl Osner, friend of the pod, shout-out to Carl – he was telling us that, like, if you won any of these awards, you would get a, a bonus. So it's huge deals for the players. Yeah. And so if you look at it from that perspective, being snubbed from an award is just, like, shitting directly on the player in more than one way. It does kind of... You know, especially for, like, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. But I'm guessing, like, Vesna for goalies is, is probably a big one. You know, Norris for defensemen, things like that. Still, like, a a monetary game that they've lost because of dickhead hockey writers. Yeah. Big J journalists, if you will. Uh so I'm thinking uh let's pop some tabs and get right into it. Let's do it. One, two, three. So let I just I'm overjoyed. I'm brimming with enthusiasm for this Pod. So, as you know, our Monday podcast is all about, like, what the Caps are doing, league news, and then Thursday, you're just at our mercy because, you know, we have really nothing else to talk about, but we record in one night, always on the Sunday before you hear any of our stuff. And the the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins have lost their series in seven to the New York Rangers. Overtime, PPG, game-winning goal by the bread man himself, Panarin, with the rocket kick. I hope he did the kick. I didn't watch the game. Fuck the penguins. I fucking love to see it. I am so enthused now. You know, last episode very very droll, but you know, this one, I'm bringing the heat, I'm bringing the energy. Polly, what do you think? Your life has returned. Your life blood. Well, you know, this this has like very like a ton of ripple effects for me personally. And and that's that I don't have to worry That the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to buy another cup or, you know, be gifted another cup as they've been gifted five already. You know, one thing you can say about the Washington Capitals is that they've earned their cups. Cup. Yeah. They've earned their cup. The Pittsburgh Penguins, their entire Crosby uh, era has been a lie. Max Talbot should be Crosby. I mean, he should be... He's the only guy that won him the first cup. Uh... And you know, I'm sure there were some things Lemieux was probably involved paying off the Detroit Red Wings to, you know,
1: I don't know, officials for sure. I mean, he was able to buy the team while he was still a player, so obviously he had money to buy a cup. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: then if you think about if you think about the back to back ones, I mean, just riddled with terrible game altering, series altering calls. Sydney Crosby throwing a bottle on the ice and just getting butt taps from the fucking refs uh, in the Pred series. You know, I mean, the quick whistle behind Matt Murray during that same series—unbelievable, trash call, fucking terrible. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there's we could go into it, but this isn't a conspiracy podcast. I'm not, I'm not trying to like. Tout any sort of Conspiracies here I'm just saying That this should be Common Knowledge Hockey trolls Red pill (laughs) Right Take the red pill Or take the blue And continue to Think that the Pittsburgh Penguins Didn't Get handed everything And that they're not A trash organization You know I mean That There's so much To say Negative about The Pittsburgh Penguins That people I don't I don't think I mean it's been Kind of brushed under the rug You know think about just off-ice antics, like, uh, I mean, they employ Casey DeSmith. That guy beat up his girlfriend and had to be in probation. Uh, Billy Tibbetts, anybody remember that guy? Uh, You know, Mario Lemieux himself was implicated in sexual assault. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. You do your own research.
1: Let me know what you think. You know, hockey trolls basically um, paraphrasing Glenn Beck. I'm just asking questions, America. Just asking questions.
0: And I'm not, you know, not to be refer- not to be in the same ilk as Glenn Beck by any fucking means. But, uh, hey, you know what? Here's something crazy. Craig Granger. Craig Granger. You remember Craig? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Craig. How y'all living? Hopefully everything in uh, New Orleans is good. Craig, I was down there um, in March. Saw the St. Paddy's Day Parade. Hooked up with Bayou Benders. It was a good time, man. Hopefully, you're doing good too, dude. Love the content. You got to do more cooking shit, bro. Loved it every time. Gave it a like all the time. Reshared it, all that shit. Hopefully, you're doing good
1: too, man. Man, I love New Orleans. Yeah. I know. Best city in America. Oh, he, he came came back. Pred's coming are back, coming back strong. Pred's coming next year.
0: back strong next year, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, they put up a a good series against the Avalanche. I know that it was a sweep. One of those games went to overtime. Yeah. Um, You know, and those games were more competitive at a lot of points than the score showed. I think, uh, I don't know anything about the age of the roster, but I think, you know, if if they're keeping guys, they do have a pretty decent future
0: ahead of them. I mean, you're looking at a Predators roster that hasn't worked out in the past couple years. But, uh, you know, after that time that, with with Laviolette and went to the finals, it was a huge time for for the Preds. I would have loved to see them win. Um, are they down and out? Not by a long shot. They've got a ton of opportunity. You know, maybe shed a couple contracts. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, all right, one last one. He's fry- – Craig Granger – I'm Frank. Frying- Gator, uh, Gator, and blackened a few Gator nuggets as well. Let's go. Did you catch that Gator? <laughs> Get that tail meat, baby. Yay, hey, look, Gator is amazing. Um, and from what I hear, it's super healthy to eat as well. I've only had it
1: fried, and just kind of tastes like popcorn chicken.
0: Yeah, I've had it. I've had it fried. I've also had it. I've had it multiple times. I've also had it in like a stew, like kind of braised. Which is really nice. Tastes like a uh, really mild pork. You know, I think the reptile class of uh, of food is highly underrated, bro. Well,
1: aside from gator, I mean, I don't know of any other reptiles that are regularly served. Frogs. Yeah, so an that's amphibian. an amphibian. Amphibian. But
0: okay, you got me there. Yeah, you were you were so you were I ready was ready. You're fucking ready.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you're ready to just shut that shit
1: down immediately. Yeah. okay, fine. Like. You calling a frog a reptile is like saying an ostrich is a mammal. Like, it doesn't fly and it looks hairy. Okay, fine. You're right. I haven't... But I would eat an iguana. Yeah. I'd, I'd try almost any animal.
0: Yeah. Try anything. About bugs. You into bugs? I'd eat a bug. I'd eat a bug, too. I haven't had the opportunity. I don't think. Except for the times that, like, things fly in my mouth and I just eat them. Yeah. Craig says turtle. Yeah, that's a oh good tur- turtle. That's a good. Yep, I've had turtle, turtle. I never. A had turtle. Ma- all right, look. So I was on a hunt, bro. When I was in when I was in New Orleans on, in March, on a hunt for turtle soup, and I finally got it. I had to go. I had to go all the way back to Pensacola to get it, though. Yeah, yeah. It was a New Orleans restaurant. I f- Felix's. It was a Felix. It's so a Felix's restaurant. Really good um blackened oysters there. A hundred percent recommend. I'm usually a raw guy. Raw guy, you know, I like the raw oysters. So yeah, but you know, hockey back in South Louisiana, absolutely, I'd love to see it. You know, I can't believe that they called. I mean, honestly though, the New Orleans Brass is that what is that what Bayou Mender said they were called? Amazing. Yeah. That would have been an amazing. Fucking NHL a- team.
1: ECHL team, I think.
0: Yeah, in yeah, exactly. Right. ECHL. Alright. Thanks for that Southern Spice there, Craig. Nice to see you again, man. Hope you're doing good. Hockey Troll Hip Check, you wanna get right into the caps? Let's do it. Let's go. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. Alright, I'm here to lay the beat down on some people. Uh because here here's the thing. I, you know, we lost what is conceivably a close series. On paper, we should have got swapped.
1: Wouldn't you agree, Polly? Possibly. Wait. On swapped? paper. Swapped? Swept. Swept. Okay. Confused. Yeah. I mean, getting swept in that series wouldn't have been a huge Surprise. Correct. Now,
0: we didn't get swept. The Panthers, our young team, gave us lots of opportunity to, to win, right? To win it all. But, we didn't. We had the opportunity. We blew it. And I think that really kind of like twists the knife a little bit more. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, if, this was a sweep. I wonder what Cap's Twitter would say, because right now what they're saying is, we need to trade Backstrom. Of course there's the John Carlson trade. Get get him out of here. Uh, and and then there's the, of course the ever-present John Carlson needs to go. And, you know, it, it all revolves around Ovi, getting him another cup or whatever it may be, which kind of seems like, you know, counterintuitive a little bit to me. Um... Also weirdly enough there hasn't been a lot of like let's put a goaltender's head on a stake.
1: Well, I mean, hockey Twitter adores both goalies.
0: Yeah, which is which is stupid
1: or caps Twitter.
0: Right, caps Twitter, which is dumb. I don't I mean, look, our goaltenders are one iota above mediocre as a tandem together. Conglo- like you combine all both of their efforts both of them together are a above average goaltender today, right?
1: Yeah, I mean they're you know 32 teams. maybe right. they're 14th best right
0: together. Yeah. Now, I think let's just let's just put it out there. at the very least, Kempney comes off the books. Schultz comes off the books. That's a combined six and a half million dollars of cap space next year that we have. Yeah. Right now. Cap's supposed to go up a million ish, which is fucking criminal. I mean, you know, put that under put that under uh the players getting screwed yeah. column. Um due to COVID. You know, whatever. I'd love to see the books. To, to see how they justified that considering they just signed um like a billion dollar deal DO with the fucking TV network here, ESPN. Two big ones. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, I guess that, you know, ticket sales are terrible now, but if you look across the arena, minus Florida, it looks like tickets, you know, fans are out in droves. I don't know. Florida had a lot of people there. In the playoffs, yeah, right. But come on, remember, like our, the regular season games look like a fucking Nailers game.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what you get, non-traditional market. Sure,
0: but I mean, it, it, I think they're the worst. I mean, if you even look at Phoenix, or mm-hmm, I do it every time, Arizona. Mm-hmm. If you look at Arizona, they're still. Yeah, I
1: mean, they're it's doing, a bad team, but they got a following. They're doing so well that they're going to play in a five thousand seat arena. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew you are going to go there. I you mean, you know what, though? Hey, we'll sell that out. Absolutely. And here's here's the thing, though. If you have the opportunity to watch a NHL game in a max cap 5,000, which is probably going to be more like 4,300 because they're going to eliminate seats because they're not NHL quality seats. If you had the opportunity to do that, you can't tell me you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be electric. I'm of the mind that this is an amazing point in history. If somebody was, if somebody came to me, you know, I'm not I'm just, I'm just going to put this out there. If somebody came to me like, "Yo, road trip, week long road trip. Let's go to Arizona and let's watch a game in the ASU arena." I'd be down. I'd probably take vacay time for that.
1: Honestly, Paulie, we should do that. Honestly, you know, and it might even benefit ASU a little. Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The the fact that people are going to go to ASU games anyway. Bro, they're going to build like a 5,000 square foot
0: addition. Like the the team is going to build a 5,000 square foot addition to the college's arena for like locker rooms, training facilities, all that shit. And then that'll be there once they leave. Yeah.
1: Yeah. ASU is like just... Doing amazing off this deal. You know, and they became a team in D1 because some anonymous donor just threw, like, 34 of the 36 required million. We talked to fucking Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores,
0: Dick Flo, of the uh, Sporting with with Corey and Richie podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. They rep the Arizona Coyotes. And they were talking about when they were in college, which was when we were in college. Well, when Corey was in college, which was when we were in college. ASU was, like, popping off. We should have fucking, like, tried to get on that team, bro. We probably could have... I mean, come on. They were playing D1 club. Yeah, but, like, come on. We could have, like... We could have scrubbed it up on, like, a fucking black diamond. (laughs) Like, a... I could have been, like... I could have been the, like, ninth forward... You could have been like the 10th forward. (laughs) Yes. You could have been, all right. I could have been like the, no, no. I could have been like, sorry, not 9th. The 12th. I could have been the 12th forward. You could have been like the 12th, 11th forward. Or we could have been like the like. 5 and
1: 6D. Let's let's say 8, 9D. Yeah, 8, 9. We play if people get hurt. (laughs) Exactly. Right, well, exactly. We dress if people get hurt. Ig- boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't touch the ice. <laughs> I think we could have done it. I think we could have done it. I don't know. No. I uh, I played some high school hockey with guys who played D one club. Mm. You know, guys like on my team and yeah. a couple other local schools. Yeah. And um, now I mean, keep in mind this is Arizona. Well, yeah, but I mean they played for WVU and they were they made nationals. And Arizona had a good enough program that they were confident enough to go D one. Like yeah. you don't you don't jump to D one unless your D one club is successful. All right, I'm totally like overestimating everything here. I'm just trying to like
0: because uh, primarily because Corey said that like the hockey team is like the coolest sports team on campus. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean she's partial. Pretty sure she's engaged to one of the hockey players, but yeah. at the same time. <laughs> At the same time, man Come
1: Well, on. I think about Their hockey program and everything When I was watching Ted 2 Yeah And she was like and She's their lawyer And they're like Where'd you get your degree? And she says ASU And they're like No wonder you're doing it for free <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a lot
0: of You know what? I think um, Washington Capital's very check, Fact check this for me Washington Capital's very own Samantha Pell Went to ASU Really? Beat writer for the Washington Post, super successful, and has done an incredible job. So, anyways, let's let's just okay. Sorry, we went on it as per tradition. Went way back on a fucking weird tangent here, but let's yeah. look at Samantha some po of went to ASU. Pell went to ASU. Yeah, yeah. See, she's alum, um, and that's. You know, like I said, here's the thing, though. What would it have been like to be at a school that actually put money into your fucking sport? That would have been amazing, huh? We didn't enjoy that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, here's a rink. Fuck, we couldn't even get a field for lacrosse at West Lib. Shout out West Lib, you fucking bums.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, hmm. our college hockey experience was one practice a week, if we were lucky, if we had the money, yeah. at a local rink that was 20 minutes away. Right. And then off-ice conditioning in the gym (laughs) at 9 o'clock at night. No one did that. I didn't do that. I was a captain. I didn't do that. Yeah, some of the guys came gave effort, showed they wanted to be there.
0: Actually, I was fucking fucking in the weight room, bud. I was doing real work. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. (laughs) All right, whatever. I'm still really proud of the the drill I came up with when we all were doing wall sits. In a line, uh huh, and the first person would run a sprint down and back. Yeah, and then the next person would go, and we had to stay in a wall sit the entire time. That's a good one. It is, and because I came up with it, I was like, "I'll be at the end of the line. I'll do the wall sit the longest without a break." There you go, Cappy. Yeah, it's so captain's got to do. It. But it, way to set the example. It's a good conditioning thing. I mean, it is. Yeah, so that's that's our hockey experience. Well, yours. But no, that, I mean, that was, you know, that's the difference between ASU, you know, they <laughs> they went from...
0: They probably had, like, a fucking sick-ass, like, weight room and shit, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, come on, we could have at least played club there. Like, before, like, yeah, okay, D1 club, club, but, like, before they were, like, bona fide. Yeah, first couple years. Yeah, and that's where that's where we would have aged out. Yeah. Okay. So... We fucked up. We fucked up. Yeah, All we of it. did. All we fucked it all up. So let's reel those back in. Yeah, let's. Well, sorry, You're, we're we're chasing the dream here. But 2018 roster. Let's let's just take a look at it, okay? And this is off of Hockey Reference, an amazing, amazing uh, fucking website. You should definitely check it out. Obviously, Barry Trotz, a coach, 49, 26 and seven, 2017 eighteen Stanley Cup champions. Goals for 9th of thirty one, two hundred and fifty nine. Seems pretty low. Goals against 239. So only a 20-plus goal differential. Just as a refresher, Florida had a 100-goal <laughs> differential this season, okay? Things were different five years ago, four years ago, when this was going on. There was, you know, we're, we were emerging from the second dead puck era, I would say. Uh, but I think that... Uh, Goals have been absolutely changed up and, and coming in in pot in way more um, uh, numbers than than they have in the past this year. Oh yeah, yeah, and just good to see. You know, good to see. And uh, you know, preseason odds. <laughs> they give it to him. I don't know. Stanley Cup plus eleven twenty five.
1: That's not good odds, is it? Plus eleven twenty five. Preseason? No, I think that means if you would bet a hundred, you'd win one thousand one hundred twenty-five dollars. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, that's not very good.
0: Like, no, it's poop. Um, they won the first round four to two over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Won the second round four to two in the Pittsburgh Penguins. Fuck them. Uh, won the conference finals against Tampa Bay four to three. Of course, we're the underdog in every single series here, except for Columbus, I believe. But we ended up winning in Columbus. Uh and then wins the final four to one over the Vegas Knights who were the higher seed at this point. So we won every single series away, you know, not a, not a hugely important detail, but interesting enough. I looked down the roster here now. <clears throat> <clears throat> I don't think I need to tell you how old the Washington capitals are this year, but let's look at it. Jay Beagle, one of the older players on the team, who was pivotal in that run and in all of the capital success throughout his career, all the way from the ECHL to the NHL, the only player in history to have won the Calder Kelly and Stanley cup, 32 years old at this point, he's the old head, right? Nick Backstrom, he's age 30 at this point, Madison Bowie, 22, didn't see a lot of eyes. Travis Boyd, 24, also didn't see it. Andre Burakovsky, remember that guy, Polly?
1: Yeah, got his jersey.
0: Yep, he's 22 this year in 2018 Cup. Alex <laughs> Uh he was a deadline acquisition, I believe. 27 years old. Taylor Chorney, old head at this point, 30. We're looking at Brett Connolly. You remember Brett Connolly? Brett Connolly did not look his age. He looked probably about 30, if I would to see him on the streets. 25, right winger. Okay. Kristen Juice, 23. The juice is loose, if you remember that. Lars Eller, 28, in his prime. Lynch pinned the Stanley Cup. hmm Lars Eller. Shane Gersich, 21. T- Tyler Graovac, 24. Again, these are probably mostly Black Diamonds during the run, but, you know, We're going to go through it. I'm going line by line. Braden Holpe, 28, prime. (laughs) Jacob Jerobeck, 26. Interesting stuff. Michael Kempney, huge part of that team, right? Had Had a breakout year. He was a reclamation project defenseman. Ended up playing big minutes for the Caps and capitalizing both on the offensive and defensive side. He's 27. He's actually going to be a free agent this year. Evgeny Kuznetsov. 25. Aaron Ness, that I was never a big fan of Aaron Ness. He's 27 at this point. Matt Niskanen, remember Niski? Yeah. 31. Liam O'Brien, 23. Dimitri Orlov, one of the best men as now Caps fans have finally respected him. He is, many are claiming, one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. 26. Brooke Sorpik, outlier, 37. <laughs> Big Brooks, in- incredible season that season, by the way. Oh yeah, resurgence season. TJ Oshie, a uh, bit of a veteran there, thirty one. Alexander Ovechkin, ever heard of him? Thirty two. Anthony Peluso, I can't believe he made the fucking roster. Twenty eight. I wonder if he got a ring. But here we go. Here's some here's some meat and potatoes that I'm trying to get at. Devontae Smith-Pelly now not in the league anymore. Twenty five. Tandler Stevenson at this point is 23. He's now, you know, rearing up on 30 and he's playing, you know, first line minutes in Vegas. I don't believe he's a first line center, but he is nonetheless at least a second line center on that team. Uh, Jacob Verana, 21. Nathan Walker gets on the list, 23. Tom Wilson, St. Thomas himself. Guess how old he was during this run? 24. 23. That's a lot of young piss and vinegar on the front line here, mm-hmm. or across the across the uh, entire uh, roster. I'd say. Yeah. Now, through this run, I mean, think about it, man. Our fourth line was so pivotal. We had Jay Beagle uh, and you know Verona and Devontae Smith-Pelly and all of these guys just like pitching in hardcore. We end up winning. Nobody was ever going to see that coming. And we had a good mismatch during that whole matchup. And then our stars showed up. The the stars truly aligned to make this 2018 Stanley Cup win happen, right? Mm -hmm. That's how rare it is. So what pisses me off is seeing people that just say, "Um, yeah, let's free up Backshams. $9 in cap space, which would leave the caps, what, fifteen five to work with in next season? Let's trade away Backstrom for some other piece uh, where, you know, and right, keep in mind, and if you didn't know, Nicholas Backstrom is a fucking center, the hardest thing and the most expensive thing to have in the NHL, right? If mm-hmm. you're going to get on a free agency. Let's get get some guy, like, you know, somebody told me on, uh, on, on Twitter, Carter Verhaeghe ruined us, and he's making half of Nicholas Backstrom. Well, Carter Verhaeghe's best season is like a 51-point season he had this year. And could he be a 100-point guy? At some point, maybe. Nick Backstrom's hit the 100-point mark several times in his career. Yeah. It's very rare to see Nick Backstrom score less than 70 points when he's healthy. Yeah. It's a big caveat in the healthy, especially now. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. Half the player, half the salary, half the performance, right? Yeah. Having these knee-jerk reactions and trying to compare to a team that's literally like four years older now is asinine.
1: It is. And, you know, it's – to that point, it's ridiculous to compare individual players Um. You know, to to say, get Verhege, give up Backstrom, and it's like, well, you know, you're seeing him in his prime, so you're having, like, a distorted image. Right. And they're not going to make that trade. No. It's just, it's not logical
0: thinking. If the Florida Panthers lost in that series, they wouldn't make that trade. No. And here's another thing that I want to talk about. If you look at this graphic right here, I know caps fans. This is the Washington I I did was a very artsy and crafty <laughs> and did uh, what I think are actually really fucking good and it's not just me organizing it. It's mostly the Washington Post. And there's one over there with uh with uh Save as yeah. like the centerpiece. The Washington Post and I made a point to get to DC, get some Washington Post newspapers. Every time I go down for like a big game, I like to like get a newspaper there because While print may be dead to some people, I think that it's, like, a really good – you know, it's still a a very supported media. So, like, if you go anywhere and you think that, like, something big is going to happen, like, buy the newspaper every day that you're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going for a sporting event especially. So, what I did is, like, the the days that I was, you know, there after the cup, I tried to get, like, the day before papers and everything else and – God damn, did the Washington Post do an inc- I mean who, which is one of the the beacons of light is like right, right with a, they're an incredible publication for, is a newspaper which is a dying thing in the United States just you know trying to put it out there trying to give love to my print media. but 16 players they did a, they did an amazing huge spread over like one of the only teams that had won a championship at DC over like the past two decades. 16 players they had on that fucking roster built through the draft. That's how you do it. It's madness, right? But, th- and it- and if you look at it, to build a Stanley Cup winning team, you cannot have, you cannot buy it. The New York Rangers have tried that forever. Mm-hmm. And the only time that happened was when Gretzky and Messier, the two best players of all time maybe in a one-two punch were there, right?
1: Mm, I don't think they won with Gretzky there. I think Messier oh. won without him. Really? Yeah, Messier has two more cups than Gretzky. That's right. One in Edmonton and New York.
0: I mean, further proves my point, right? I mean, yeah. you, even if you buy the best player in the fucking world, and I'm not talking about Sidney Crosby, I'm talking about the, un, the bona fide best player in the fucking world. You're not guaranteed to win a fucking cup. Even if the Washington Capitals today were to stymie the problems, which are more pervasive, I believe, than just Nick Backstrom or John Carlson or one of them, right? Even if you were to, like, switch them out with Hedman and... I mean, who's the best center? McDavid or Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's an insta-lock for even a
1: second-round win. Do you, Polly? I mean, look at how... Um how much trouble the Oilers have had with McDavid and Dreisaitl having success. Exactly. Exactly. You have to build through the
0: draft. You have to find these deals on players. If you don't, I mean, you have to have these guys who get paid nothing and overperform like shit. And I'm talking to your Jay Beagles. I'm talking to your Devontae smith Pelleys, I'm talking to your Jacob Veranas. I'm talking to your Andre Burakovskis. At these times... In their contract years, at the time that we won, they were getting paid shit for what the players that they either washed out of the league or eventually became somebody. I mean, Andre Burakovsky, in the playoffs, just shot a puck through the fucking net. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Fucking, that's amazing. That's amazing. That is, like, the all-time biggest flex ever, especially during an NHL game. Mm -hmm. So, if you think about that, like... The 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 if you are on the train of oh we just need to like make some one or two changes and you know whatever it may be you're fucked in the head. It's never happened that way. It hasn't happened that way in the past twenty years. I cannot think of a single team off the top of my head. No, you know, you know drunk and things like that. But Paulie, can you think of a team that like was just like oh we had a couple like free agent acquisitions. We we broke up the core. I mean, whenever whenever a team generally breaks up the core that they've settled on for the past decade and a half, it's disastrous. They, they get out of the playoffs for about three years, and then they come back in maybe stronger than ever, but likely not.
1: Yeah. I mean...
0: I think the Lightning are a really good example. They built that team through the draft. Mm-hmm. Thought they had it for four or five years. Didn't have it. When everybody counted them out, they go off for two. Washington Capitals built their team through the draft. You know, had it or didn't. No pressure. 2018, they win. Yeah. Is my rent falling on deaf ears? Oh, we won't know until we see our numbers. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, what, what's your, what's, what do you think, man? I mean, are are you in a grand, or do you think that we, do you really, do you think that the, the Washington Capitals like a goaltender in a center away from winning a cup? No. <laughs> Me neither, man. I, I
1: cannot see it. I think a goaltender might get him in the second round. Sure. That's about it.
0: The last thing I want from the Washington Capitals is to be a Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. hey, we made the playoffs. you know, we have the, the longest standing playoff streak in NHL history. Yay, and now look at the Red Wings. their rebuild is well on its way. Don't get me wrong. but they spent the past five years in fucking purgatory. Yeah, they really have. I mean it's bad. I'd rather sustain our competitiveness. You know, I I think the Cap fans of this era... I mean, think about it, man. Like, we've been watching hockey for, like, what, 20 years? Yeah. 25 for me. If you take... Fuck, more than 25 for me. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm old. But if you take it out, you know, if, if, if... if you look at like maybe the younger crowd now that's like watching hockey, they've maybe been watching like five, six years, ten years even, it's just the Ovi area. So you've seen like this build-up and this breakdown. The only team that I've followed that I've that I've been old enough to understand what a what a rebuild looks like is the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. The highest of highs. The best of best series against the Red Wings, man. I mean, think about that. I mean, these are all-time classics. they will never leave my mind. And then, you know, you get into the years with the Stars, and then we get a decline, and then Patrick Waugh missing a Statue of Liberty, and, like, fuck me. And then from there, it's over. And they're not even a playoff team. For what? How many years did did the Avs miss playoffs after their heyday? Well...
1: I think Sakic stuck around till maybe like uh, I want to say he was there till like seven or something like that. I don't know. They, I would, I think they had like a five, six, seven year drought. Drought. I mean, because they had quite a few lottery picks. I mean, they got and they pick
0: first a couple years, didn't they? Yeah,
1: they got Duchesne. Yeah. They got Landeskog, Burk or not Burkowski, Rantanen, yeah. McKinnon. I mean those are all top five picks.
0: Number ones. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it, that's a that I think that it's pretty easy to say that in the nineties the Colorado Avalanche were a bona fide dynasty.
1: Yeah. I mean What, two cups? Three cups? Well they had ninety six and oh one. Right. And they but were in going- the mix every year. Yeah, I mean, they were going to conference finals or losing the second round to the Red Wings, right. who would eventually win the Cup.
0: Yeah. Close to a dynasty. Red Wings are probably more
1: a dynasty in that sense. Yeah. Possibly, in that year. I mean, that string, it was either Colorado, Detroit, or New Jersey. Right.
0: And then slip in a couple Dallas. or oh, one yeah.
1: Dallas did Dallas, get that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, an incredible time to watch hockey, though. Seriously. Like yeah. before this. And then there's, like, people that have never experienced that, and they don't know, they don't know that. And then, like, the Washington Capitals now are, the, like, the, you know, maybe the Dallas or the avalanche of the 90s. We've seen now a all-time great historical player in Ovechkin get drafted, then Backstrom. You know, we had some bad years, right, where we get the first-round pick, and then now, like, the oh, first overall. And then now we're, like, here – the twilight of their careers, and honestly, Caps fans, you should be fucking thankful that we've been this competitive for this fucking long. It's been the entire Ovechkin era, minus two seasons.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, as an Avalanche fan myself, I fell in love with them as a kid, Oh, one one cup. They stayed competitive for a couple years. I grinded it out for my more formidable years. Yeah. Formidable years. Formidable, yeah. And now they're back up on the come, you know, it's the way hockey goes, it's the way sports go, and you know, you'll get through it. It's okay.
0: And to bring it full circle is that
1: the, in, with a
0: cap system, it is almost, and you know, of course we talked about like what pre-cap hockey here, but even in pre-cap hockey, it kind of like goes with it. You need your star and you need to, you need to develop from the draft, killers, right? Guys who are going to overperform their salary. Yeah. I don't see a lot of guys on the Washington Capitals right now that are overperforming their salary. Me neither. All that to say, I think that the Washington Capitals' first move here is to figure out goaltending. I have, I you know, and I'm not that, you know, I'm not the pylon goalie guy blamer, but I think that there could be room to move away from, unfortunately, I feel like it's going to be VTech.
1: Yeah. Probably. Get a
0: veteran in to coach and and mentor Samsonov.
1: That seems like the logical move.
0: Samsonov did have a bit of a coming out party. This this uh, playoffs where he is talking, you know, where he, he showed maybe where he could be in a few years. And I saw a tweet. If you look all the way back to the '80s, like the, you know, Defoe, Kulzig, you know, all the way up from Cole, from Oli the goalie, and how, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast about how good the Washington Capitals have been over the past twenty plus years with their goaltending. Drafting right, getting the good goalies in, taking some maybe like lower guys who, who could develop. And if you look at it, it's just been like a dog eat dog world, which is good. It's worked out in our favor from basically Kozik all the way up to, to Holby. That didn't really happen with Samsona. He bucked the system. He was the golden child coming in, right? Yeah. And as I've said, I'm out on Sammy until he can win the net. I think in this playoff series, he did. If we're gonna boil it down, he did. He won the net, right? Yeah. Probably. Who knows what happens next season? He could come to fucking camp fat as fuck and out of shape and first three practices, he blows a hammy because he's too he did nothing over the offseason. It'd be great if he didn't. Exactly. Because I think that the I think the first thing that they need to do is move away from whatever goaltending situation they have. I think that's like the number one thing. And good teams always build from the net out. The defense, we're going to free up some guys, some cap with Kempney and Schultz, probably just not getting re signed. That's six and a half there. You could probably bring up some guys from Hershey, give them a chance. I think they did well. Same with the, with the, and then, you know, I think our top six and our top four are solid. The rest gets kind of, can you prove yourself? Right? Yeah. All right.
1: I've babbled enough. Yeah, it's my turn to talk.
0: Exactly. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on and and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Polly, I'm hungry. Let's do it.
1: It's Snack Time with Polly Cupcakes. Alright. We're going to talk about the awards.
0: Um, Well, wait. What is your... I want to hear your take on the NHL awards.
1: Um... I mean, I want the guys I root for to win them. Yeah, but do you, do you, I mean, I, well, okay, so, I think this year's um, nominees in some of these categories do, I think, um, go a little more to what they should be, but, I think stats are important, but, you need more of a full picture. Like when Taylor Hall won the heart, I think that was a good time, a good thing to do because Fuck I think yeah. he was either third or tied with McKinnon in points. Maybe he was second, but right. it was McKinnon, McDavid, and Hall. But Hall, you know, drug New Jersey into the playoffs that year,
0: kicking and screaming.
1: Yeah, so he absolutely was the MVP. You know, I, I don't I don't think like the MVP. It shouldn't be just the guy who looked the best and had the best stats. I think right. it should be who had top of the league stats, but also a larger share of his point team's points than anyone else. I've heard it described as if that
0: player wasn't on your team, would you have done what you did? Like, would you have gone to the playoffs? Would you have even placed
1: as high? Like, whatever. And so I think
0: that kind of tracks what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, the, I mean, the stats aren't there, but for Nathan McKinnon, you know, it doesn't make much sense for the MVP to come from a Colorado Avalanche or the Florida Panthers.
0: Because both of those teams were stacked to the fucking gills. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. And well, do you respect the, the sports journalists that vote on it, right? Cause that's, so tell me how it's create, like, is it, it's sports journalists for a lot of it that writers, hockey writers, really, um, that get a
1: vote for this stuff, right? Yeah. It's like I a think, media thing. I think, um, I think the award that has the most weight is the Ted Lindsey because that's the MVP voted on by the players. Right. Um, so that one means the most to me, yeah. I'd say. I mean, I think they're all important and valid. Sure. Um, you know, the only exception, I think, from my rule, what I just said about the heart, if, even if a team was really great, If, say, you know, you had 30 30 points more than the next guy, right? even if you're on a good team, well, then you're obviously the MVP. (laughs) But if the numbers are close, I think you have to look at the whole picture there. Right. And to be
0: clear, like, these are, for anybody who's not familiar with the NHL awards, these are, like, these are the... Like League awards of the league So the best of the league Of the NHL Not of like team awards Which are constantly handed out I don't even know all the team awards That are internal that happen Right, Right. yeah
1: These are league bests Right Cool So uh, we'll start with the heart Which is the more traditional And uh, what gets the more attention MVP award And that is Austin Matthews Connor McDavid, and Igor Shosturkin. So, you know, it's nice to see a goalie in here. Dude, I was just going to say, yeah. It is. Yeah.
0: I fucking love it. The goalie is never... They get one award, the Vesna.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like having someone who plays defense get nominated for the Heisman. You know, it's (laughs) like... Thank you for putting someone besides a quarterback in there. Right, right, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Fuck, I mean, it's rare to even get, like, a running back to win the Heisman sometimes. Right. You
1: know, yeah. You know, and so McDavid, he led the league in points. Yeah. And he was eight points ahead of the second place, Hubertot. Hubertot was on the president's trophy-winning team, Oilers, not quite so, so successful Right. I mean, I think that leads to a legit nomination.
0: I mean, Huberto had 115 points, though. Total, right? Yeah. That's crazy. That's, I mean, that's crazy even... I mean, you know, you think McDavid's going to blow it out in 123. That is insane. He's already got the Art Ross locked. Yeah. Because right? it's like a stat-based thing. Yeah, there's no opinion. Right. But, like, if... And then,
1: and then what Matthews with the goals, right? Second, yeah. So he leads the goals with 60. Next guy, Drysidel with 55. So, you know, I mean, you could look at that and say Matthews leads the league, and the guy behind him was McDavid or was assisted a lot by McDavid. So, does Drysidel do do this without McDavid? Does that make Matthews, you know, does that give him an edge up? But then also. Does that lead to McDavid helped Drysaitel be second in goals? Right. So does that add to his MVP? Yes, because without
0: McDavid, where would Drysaitel be? Probably like forty three. Right. Um. You know what, man? Like, but it, okay. So, and then I think about it more as like again, who's going to be the most important to their team? I think the MVP should go to Shostakin. Two oh seven goals against, and then a nine three five save percentage. Second in shutouts with seven. Markstrom had nine. Yeah. You look at the wash, or I mean, you look at the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins series that they, you know, by the way, I don't know if you heard it on the, f- the top of the show, lost. Uh, but the the uh, New York Rangers won against the Pittsburgh Penguins and. Shesterkin got pulled once or twice once I think during that game during that series but at the same time you look at this and you look at that gameplay the defense of the New York Rangers and I didn't realize this before is god fucking awful <laughs> uh, they're terrible I mean they can't keep track of a f- of a fucking mouse in their pocket dude it's insane uh I I, for some reason, I didn't realize that when we played them four times during the season. Uh, but you look at, like, probably the more the advanced stats would probably just make the the,
1: the case for Shesterkin even stronger. Yeah. I mean, you know, leading probably the two most important goalie categories. All right. That's huge. And being second in the third.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, who is your hard pick? Dude, I got to go with Shesterkin here, man. I'm going to be honest. And honestly, it's because I have a big hard-on for high-performing goalies. Yeah. Along with that. Because I love to see them like have a little bit of fucking credit. McDavid, he's going to win the Art Ross. It's very rare that you see somebody... You have to be incredible to win the Art Ross and the Hart at the same time. Yeah. Right? Um, I think Ovi's done it. Crosby's done it. And... McDavid probably has done it before as well. But I feel like when McDavid wins it, it's just because his team's trash. True. <laughs> you know? And then you look at Huberto. Okay. The way that I would rank it is just Dirk and Huberto, close second, and then like...
1: Oh, well, Huberto's not nominated. Oh, I'm sorry. I just Oh, it's put, Matthews. Fuck. I,
0: yeah, I put Huberto in there for reference. My bad, my bad. I think Huberto got snubbed here, first See, of all. I don't think so, because it was you a know? President's Trophy team. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I don't think Austin Matthews even belongs in the conversation. Yeah, he got sixty fucking goals. He's got a Richard. What? Whatever. Um, honestly, now that I'm looking at this more with like a moment of clarity out of my
1: drunkenness, I'm thinking like uh, it's sure Sturkin hands down. It's not even close. Well, you won me over. I was going to say McDavid. Really? Just because not before the segment, I yeah. wouldn't have. Really? But as we talked about it more, and I talked about how he put Dreisaitl into second and in goals, right? it got me thinking. But you won me over. I'm going Shisterkin. Um And so for the Ted Lindsey, mm-hmm. the MVP voted by players, yes, Austin know, right? Matthews, Connor McDavid, Roman Yossi, who led – uh, what was it? Um, he had the most points among defensemen. 96, 10 more than the second, which was McCarp with 86. 96 as a defenseman, number eight seed. I think Yossi should probably get Ted Lindsey.
0: And Ted Lindsey's what? The players Voted MVP. On. Yeah, the players MVP. VP. Tell me that. Tell me the names again
1: Matthews, McDavid, Yossi.
0: See, here I feel like McDavid has a stronger case, because the guys have to go up to get... Because he's made so many fucking players in this league look fucking stupid, so I'm going to go McDavid. Well, yeah, and they're going to vote on who's wowed them. Exactly, right? Like, who's the guy that I'm going to, like, go to sleep uh, and then, like, wake up, like, 30 minutes after I fall, like, straight up asleep, and then,
1: you know... Wake up. Well, and it we is described of. as the most outstanding player. So, you know, that's... I guess that would go along with what you're saying there.
0: Right. Other than that, though, I think Roman Yossi has been one of the most underrated defensemen, even though he's one of Esna and all the shit. Like, he is so fucking consistent so fucking good, you know... The the the, the national predators have built the team around him really, as they should. Yeah,
1: and they should continue to do that. So, is that your pick? Yeah, I mean, I almost think Yosi should maybe be the heart winner, and Shosturkin should win the Ted Lindsay. Yeah,
0: well, how many times have you ever seen a fucking defenseman win the heart? True, Never. very
1: rare. Right. It's, Stupid, but
0: it happens. Well,
1: and so that takes us into the Norris: yeah. Victor Hedman, shocker. Mm-hmm. Roman Yossi, Kale McCart. You know, we've talked about this award before about mm-hmm. how it's it's almost like that's not always the guy from that season. It's a defenseman who's put in his time, right? Like a lot of times, the Norris is kind of like how people get big contracts after they're past their prime. They're getting. Paid for past performance. Of course. That's kind of what happens with the Norris, I think. You know, Hedman, he's the second in assists among D-men, 65, third in points. Yossi had 10 more than McCar to lead D in points. McCarr had the most goals, second most points. I mean, I And think McCarr was snubbed last year because Adam Fox won it. Makar was snubbed last year. I think Yossi has won before. He has. Um, Yossi has a Norris, and so Hedman has like three. And I think with this award, it should be their points totals. I know you don't like this stat, but I think plus minus should be factored in for D-men. Maybe some of the advanced analytics. You know, I think especially for the Norris, more than the Hart and the Ted Lindsey, they should factor in more stats here maybe even, you know, hits, blocked shots, sure. things like that. Um, I think Yossi, I Yossi could win. McCarr's my pick. McCarr's my pick. I was just texting earlier with my buddy Mike Vanny. Shout out. Shout out, Vanny. Um, and, you know, talking, he, he jokingly was like, Huberto over Ovi. I was like, yeah, well, Huberto over the entire East right now. Right. Uh, no, I said, it's Verhage over the East right now. Right. But I was like, you know, Makar has been the most dominant player in the playoffs so far. Well, here's the thing. The reason that they uh, put these out in the first round
0: is because the writers are not supposed to envision the playoffs. True. they? Should, they, they yeah. It's only a regular season award, and they. this is why they do it now. I still think Makar wins.
1: Yeah, and I I think... Because
0: here's the thing. Both of these guys, Hedman and Yossi, have won uh, Norris before. Yossi probably deserves more than... Or as many as Hedman, but got snubbed a couple years. Um, I'm not worried about the points. I think that the most incredible part about Makar is the dude had almost 30 fucking goals and 86 points. So he's not just a a goal guy getter. It's not just a forward playing D. He's got the shot. And if you've ever seen any of these guys play, Hedman and Yossi are both like more subtle players. Makar, when he's on the ice, I mean, you just
1: fucking know it. Well, and that's that's the point I was going at before you so rudely interrupted sorry. me. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I know it's not a playoff award. But, right. you know, he had 10 points in a four-game sweep. You know, that wasn't new, you know. Like you said, you know, I, he is. I think and people would probably not like hearing this and really <laughs> disagree with me. I think Kale McCarr is the most game-changing and dominant player in the NHL. Ooh, bold move! I know Connor McDavid can you control a, a game, but McCarr plays a complete two hundred foot game. He will bust his ass back on a back check, break up the play. You know, there was one play, I think, it was still at the regular season. He back checked, laid down, broke up a play, took the puck down the other end, and either scored or set it up. You don't see that anymore in today's defensemen. You really don't. I mean, he plays like a shutdown mixed with an offensive defenseman. Like, he is the entire full package. I mean, McKinnon... Is still a very strong, dominant player out there. Yeah. But I think McCarr outshines McKinnon when they're playing together, and you know, I I think McCarr at some point should be a Ted Lindsay nominee. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think McCarr is he should win this. He's the You're most standing. dominant player. You're st- standing. for McCarr. Yeah. I mean... Pauly kicks. This is a 29-year-old man crushing on a 23-year-old. <coughs> Dude, out. I'm
0: with you. And let me think about it. Like, how many fucking uses he have left? A lot. You're going to build a team around this kid. Yeah, for
1: sure. And, um... Oh, I just lost something I was going to say. But, you know, uh... Makar... He's special. And he makes me happy. Um... <laughs> Um, so, going on to the Calder, not the Calder Cup, which is the championship of the AHL, but the Calder Trophy, which is given to the basically the rookie MVP, rookie of the year. And that is Michael Bunting, Moritz Sider, and Trevor Zegers. Everybody knows who Trevor Zegers is. You know, he's the Michigan guy. Pulling off the lacrosse goals. I think he has two this year in the NHL. Insanity. Um, you know, so I guess we'll start there. Zegras, he was second in points among rookies, 61, not a bad rookie year. Third in goals, 23, and that made him third in assists with 38. I think it'd be hard to beat him because he's gotten so much media attention. And I, I think he's kind of the darling among rookies right now. Sider, I mean, fourth in points, but first in assists. I mean, you know, 50 points, only seven of those were goals. I think that does not work in his favor. Yes, it's great that he led in assists, but the fact that he wasn't putting the goals in, I think puts him number three out of the top three. And then bunting. 26-year-old
0: dude.
1: It's it's a Kaprasov sitch. It is. You know, and I know some... I've seen some videos of people saying, like, um, they should put an age limit on the rookie because it's, you know, by the time some of these guys break in, they're grown men, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yeah, not only that, they've played, like, five years of pro in Russia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, you know, so this guy's 26. He was drafted in 14. Didn't play in the NHL until 2018. With Arizona, from then until 2021, he had only played 26 games. So he was still under the limit so that he hadn't technically played a rookie season. Yeah. He ended up first in points and second in goals, second in assists. So, you know, he's the second best in two main categories. That combined makes him number one overall. I think this guy should win, but like I was saying, Zegris is the darling. You mean you think? Okay, so you think Bunting should win? Yeah, because
0: oh, so here's the thing about Calder. I agree with your assessment. I think it's like always who's got the most points of the of the of the um, rookies, and they win, right? Yeah. I think. I w- are we going with want or think? I think I w- I want. I want cider to win. The dude's come out. He's a big guy. He hits. And now, what position does cider even fucking play? Is he a winger? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So having like that big motherfucking winger is like so Detroit right now. Like if you think about it, like yeah. Having that guy. To lay the body, it would also just be a dick and fucking score. Just insult to injury there. Amazing for that club. Bunting, 26-year-old on Toronto, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pauly, you and I could score 10 points in the
1: NHL on that squad. Yeah. I mean, he did play, I think, maybe between Matthews and Marner. Or with. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So, and then, I mean... Yeah, I'm. I am i would like Bunting to win. I think Zegers wins. Right, and then here's the thing: Zegers second in points. All
0: right, uh, the Showboat goal, amazing. Don't get me wrong, good stuff. Um, I just can. I'm going to be honest. I just cannot get over Zegers' most punchable face in the NHL. Yeah, if I saw Trevor Zegers in in, in person. I would say, what's up, dude? Like, you have the most punchable face in the NHL. Can I
1: punch it? And he would say no. And I'd be like, okay. okay." (laughs) Well, you know, either him or Matthews is going to be wearing the C for Team USA someday. So, you know, you got to pick one. Matthews. Yeah. You like him better? Shitstash Matthews,
0: for sure. Better. Um, I mean, what the fuck, man? Why does the USA have to have the biggest douchebag core? Those guys, Kane, Fuck. God damn it, man. I mean, and look, Trevor Zegers, he's going to be good for the game. He's going to really come into it. But, uh, you know, like I said, like I said earlier in the season, I would love to just see Trevor Zegers get non-injured on, like, the most embarrassing helicopter hip check play. Like, I'd love to see Orlov just, like, lift him, him do, like, a full, like, Duchenne entire somersault, like, fully extended. Not, like, like, oh, i Like, fully extended, like, just woof, and then just fall flat on his back, be completely fine, but come, but totally embarrassed. Yeah, uh, you know, he reminds me of like a Tiggy, <gasps> well. but like even more douchey, more douchey
1: <laughs> than Tiggy. Well, Tig Juicebox Pod, hope you're listening. Shout out Tiggy, Troll just called you out. <laughs> but Tiggy's not like a, a douche, so like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, Tig can do a lot of goofy shit with the puck, so no doubt. it's you know it's a pretty good comparison style play. Exactly right, and except the, Tig will mix it up, Z-gris. right? But I feel
0: like Z-Griss is just kind of like a little child, man, little baby out yeah. there. Uh, oh, don't hit me! Yeah, exactly. Like you know when. When Jay Beagle fucked up everybody And then he was just like Jay Beagle's He's a bad guy I don't like him It's just a classless play He should be embarrassed It's like bro You went in there After the whistle And then fucking like Had hands up What, what do you want here? Like If you're gonna fucking Play Play I don't know Yeah Be ready for some bullshit If you're gonna be fucking Showing your ass like that That's all I'm saying Um So yeah I like cider I like this guy
1: Okay. Well, now You're we're right, at the though. Vesna. I think Funting's going to make it. <laughs> I think
0: Funting's going to fucking get landslide. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, Toronto media. Exactly, dude. That's what I was just going to say, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Kid right. from uh, Anaheim. Doesn't stand a chance. Right. Cider being in Detroit. Could help. Hockey Town. Right. Yeah, yeah. The Vesna, Jacob Markstrom. Calgary. Soros. Um... Nashville right in Storkin in New York. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to run through these stats and Do I it. think this award kind of awards itself. So Markstrom led the league in shutouts, nine. Okay. 5th in wins, 37, 12th in save percentage with nine 10th In goals against average, 2.22. Pretty good, you know. um, Top 10 in three of the top four categories. Right. Soros, ninth in shutouts with four. Third in wins, which is huge on an eighth-place team. Mm -hmm. 17th in save percentage. Ninth in goals against, 2.64. His save percentage was .918. Only one one thousandth higher than Markstrom. You know, it goes to show you how little the margin margin of error is there. Yeah. Um And then you got Chastarkin, second in shutouts, seven. Goal goals against two point oh seven, best save percentage nine point or point nine three five, sixth in wins with thirty six. Two point oh seven goals against average is.
0: Fuck all insane in this season. Yeah. When teams are like scoring
1: five or six nine. It is. It's insane. You know, I you know Shisterkin is in the top three of three of four and top ten in the fourth. I think Shisterkin wins this by Landslide. I think it's I think you're right. Yeah, I mean I, I mean
0: you know, give it up to Markstrom, veteran in the league. Been in the league, been in and around the league for a long time. Um, incredible with the shutouts. Has much better defense in front of him. Fifth in wins. That's that's a brutal team letdown. Twelfth uh, in save percentage though, and then tenth in goals against average. I don't know. I can't get around it. Uh, I think it's great that he got nominated, and if he can follow this up with a lights out, almost world beating year, maybe Soros. Insane that he's even fucking nominated this. Him and Markstrom. I'm like, where are these guys coming from? Honestly, like, you said, am I that old? These guys, when they when I first saw both of them, I thought they were trash. I thought they'd be out in five years. Yeah. Apparently not. Soros, and 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 it goes to show two Western bullies, other than and then Chesterkin, That I'm like, oh yeah, of course he's here, right? That yeah. um, just goes to show like my East Coast bias. But you look at like you know Soros who. The protege of Pekarene, mm-hmm. who is uh, honestly world-beating, uh, most consistent, one of the most consistent goalies, in during his career, um, Soros had an incredible season this year. Um, I just, I, you know, I can't. I don't know if I can get around it. Ninth in GAA, tenth in G. The, the goals against average are really the ones that. That's
1: that's the. I feel like that's the stat that kind of gets me.
0: Save percentage is...
1: Hmm. I don't know. I think save percentage matters more. Because yeah. save percentage... I mean, I guess you can argue that they go hand-in-hand. Hand, but save percentage seems to me more of like... You know, I feel like that's more team-based, though, right? Like no, goals I think against, goals against is team-based. Oh, is it? Because think about it. You win a game 2-1... to one, but the the goalie who you know led up two saved 50 and the other yeah. guy saved 22 yeah but I mean
0: when you look at okay if I'm gonna say like okay this goalie is gonna give up this many goals in one game it's what 207 right yeah possibly well, who's gonna give us the best chance to win if you have a goals against average two hundred seven and three hundred seven, who are you are going to pick? But well, one has a, one has a better save percentage. The the higher GAA has a better
1: save percentage. I mean, I well, yeah, but if you're true. if your team is keeping shots away, true, then the GAA yeah. is going to go down because the save percentage is going to go up. Yeah. If you tell me this guy's going to give up three goals if he faces fifty shots. And I say, okay, what if we drop that down to twenty five shots? Well, it's gonna be one point five per game. So yeah, then we gotta score two to win. But the save percentage doesn't change, does it?
0: So like you said, if it's thirty if it's thirty shots, his save percentage stays the same. If it's ten shots, his save percentage stays the same. No? I mean it'll be skewed but at the end of it, like going into the game. I don't know, fuck it. Maybe. I don't know. We're this, fucking
1: we're 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 messing we're 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 getting The bottom there. line here isn't is the that arts. there's
0: yeah, I don't think I don't think looking at these three nominations, I don't think that Schuster can even has competition, to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who That's, gives a fuck about shutouts, dude? Shutouts yeah. are a team you know, as as great as it feels this is and this is the shittiest part about being a goalie is that when you get a shutout, yeah, that's amazing for you, right? But yeah. you never... That's not truly it. Like, you know
1: that the boys did good for you. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel you like... You never uh, really own that. Getting a shutout's kind of like when they pass you the puck for an empty net hat trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's its the team getting <laughs> it done. Right. No doubt,
0: no doubt. All right, well, are we going to revisit this, like, in a couple weeks or something, whenever they fucking decide it? Oh, man, that's why I wrote it now. All right, good. Yeah, because... You know, I love these are really good ones. Obviously, all the stat based ones are are done, so you can look those up. We won't even go for that, but um, I, you know, I think Vezna's is probably if we, if we look back at the ones that we've just talked about, I think Vezna's is the most on lock. Um, and I think the rest are really kind of a, a crapshoot, bro. Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
1: awesome. Good saggy. Well, that's, that's the end of snack time. you fulfilled. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: All right, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with us throughout the season. We'll be here with you throughout the Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, stick with us. We'll be around. We'll be covering it. And, of course, if any Caps news pops up, we will also be on top of that shit we'll uh, revisit these awards we'll talk about you know i I don't foresee any cap probably what do you think
1: I don't think I don't foresee any caps moves until the end of the cup
0: until the cup's awarded
1: yeah I don't think so I mean wait and see till the end of the season see what's available yeah and not only that I don't think that Maybe if
0: if there's going to be a coaching change, I think that maybe we might see something right after the cup's awarded. But honestly, I feel like we're going to have to wait until training camp. Well. Or right before. Until we get a coaching change or a player change. Yeah. Probably. All right. Well, Caps fans, we love you. If you like us, find a place you can rate us and give us five stars only. Five stars only. Until next week. Hockey troll, Polly Cupcakes, sign off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans! Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Turn podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Troll on Facebook,
1: Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow
0: the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.